0: Once I started recording this episode, I realized that I really need to come back to the intro and do it one more time because I've never really heard that anyone who runs a business or who is a manager would say that he likes hiring people. And it may be a bit of exaggeration here, but in principle, I really think that people don't like hiring other people. They are afraid of the consequences that come with that specific business operation with that specific action. And when you put into context, what I'm going to talk about today, which is hiring and managing a remote team, it's even more difficult. So I really think that I have some kind of perspective, I have been hired by two companies, then I have seen people hiring new engineers and new sales managers for specific roles. I know quite a lot of people running their own businesses and i know some uh, family members who have their own businesses so i do think that the feeling that it is rather difficult to find good people and then to hire them as well is quite true. I hope you will enjoy this episode because I will really share how we do it in our business and if you're not aware we do have a speech and language therapy business together with my wife. We have a team of around 10 people now and we serve hundreds of clients globally so you really have to have a great team to do that and for me when my wife tells me that we need another person to the team then i'm happy because it means that we're growing and everything is going fine so one more time enjoy this episode leave some comments so we can have some meaningful discussion later on for now i'm just gonna play the intro and then we can crack on welcome to venture poland podcast My name is Daniel Czachrowski, and my goal is to promote Poland as a great partner for any business venture, especially when it comes to technology. In my podcast, I interview Polish entrepreneurs, startup founders, managers and engineers, so we can all learn from them. Enjoy today's episode. The main reason for that episode is because I've been asked quite a few times already how do we manage to work as a remote team how do we hire our staff and then questions about operations come later on obviously so the main thing for us is that we try to focus on certain operations and procedures that we can narrow down in a very specific actionable list and then hand over that list to someone else that's the principle that's the basis for our work in the remote environment that we've got. So I would strongly recommend to start with the role. Regardless of the fact that, let's say, at the beginning, it was just two of us, me and my wife, we started creating a map of organization, what types of roles we will need. Over time, we've obviously encountered many problems and we've created better and better processes, but we've ended up with a list of roles and then for each role, a list of actions and KPIs. I try to make sure that they are very simple. So all the activities within that specific list, we've named, we know how to perform them. Yes, so together, me and my wife, we went through that process multiple times, and then we hand over that list so someone else can repeat it, okay? And this is a KPI to me. I understand exactly what's required for the business to go forwards. I exactly know what to do. And then I hand over my IP in a very simple form, because it's normally an Excel spreadsheet. So don't tell me that it's not applicable to your business or to your specific situation, because if we can do it, and we're a very small business, very niche, the trouble is that we'd never think about this kind of stuff. And then we end up spending a lot of time managing people instead of giving them away the opportunity to do their best within specific framework that you have set up as a business owner. Just to make sure you understand how simple and basic this can be, I have shared some processes that we've created for our business with you and you can see them on the website. Okay, so please have a look and make sure that you really, really comprehend the fact that it is applicable pretty much anywhere. Next aspect of hiring someone for your remote team is a well-written contract. And there are a couple of things to bear in mind when writing a contract. First of all, whether this is going to be a full-time job or part-time job, or is it just going to be a freelance contract, then websites where you can hire freelancers is going to be more helpful. But what I'm trying to suggest here is maybe you don't need a full-time employee. So, The way we look at it is that by creating a job, creating a role and the framework for that role, we try to buy ourselves time. Okay, so we know what to do. We know exactly how the process works. We know exactly what the outcome is and then we give it away to someone to buy time to do other things. Okay, so that's the basic principle for me when we do hire more people. I've mentioned KPIs. And that's another thing, you need to put them in the contract. It has to be very well written in a way that the employee will understand exactly what he's going to be responsible for. I think that's crucial. Another thing would be to write down exactly what are you going to offer. Not only the salary, but I think also anything else that would be really helpful for the employee. All the other legal stuff that comes with hiring people, you know, that, that's quite obvious, I guess. A non-disclosure agreement and a paragraph around the fact that they cannot compete with you when they quit or when you terminate the contract. I mean, that's pretty much standard. But I think the, the three things that I've mentioned are really, really important. Another thing which is outside the contract is the toolkit for that specific role we cannot guess here we know exactly what's required so we know exactly what is needed to perform that job is it going to be software is it going to be a private phone is it going to be a car whatever we know exactly what to do to make sure that the employee will feel comfortable that he has all the tools needed for that specific job and there is no guessing there is no space for guessing here at all Now let's focus on the hiring process. I think this is actually the bit that uh, worries people the most. There is obviously a big difference between if you hire someone with the money out of your own pocket and then versus money out of the company's pocket, so being an owner and manager, but it all comes down to the same principles and I know it can be stressful, but... Hopefully you will see that this can be very easy and there are ways to eliminate the pain around the whole activity. So starting from the job offer, I think that's quite basic but I would strongly recommend to put all the relevant information and cut out all the irrelevant statements that really make no sense, make no difference to the future employee. So try to put the salary there try to make sure that the role is well described, including the KPIs maybe, so the person who applies is going to be aware of what he's going to face in that specific role. And then a trick to save a lot of time. It's been used by some of my friends who run businesses. It has been used by us as well and it really saves a lot of time. Make sure at the bottom of the job advert, put an information, put a paragraph about the way to apply. So normally what I do is I say please do not send me your CV. I would like you to write an email and ask for a form, okay, for an application form. There is actually quite a lot of people who just do the screening through job adverts and they click submit, submit, submit and they don't really read it. So that's already half of your work done. Okay, you don't have to thank me. This is very simple, but it really works like that. Once we take care of people who are not really interested in cooperating with us, then we can move on to the next stage, which is testing the facts. So we have prepared a form. And in that form, there is a lot of questions, not only about the knowledge, but also about time availability. Okay, remember, we're talking about remote team here, how many hours they watch TV, whether they have children or not, things that can tell us exactly how that specific person behaves in their normal lives. So for example, maybe describe me your Monday and Friday, or maybe what do you do on weekends, we really try to understand what is the situation of that specific person. Okay? We ask them as well about what types of books they read, what they would recommend to us. And then finally, we would test the knowledge of that person in a form of a test. You may say that this is quite risky. People may find the answers on the internet. But when you really think about it, even when it comes to some difficult tasks like software development, okay? There is no reason why you would not test the knowledge at this level, especially when you think about putting some more pressure on that person. And the way you put pressure is you limit the time. So I normally say in my reply email when someone asks for the form, I would say, hello, this is the form, you have now three days to finish it. So if this person wants to work in a remote environment, okay, remote team, he has to have spare time in three days to do it. He has to have the knowledge because we're testing how good he is or she is. So the questions likely are going to be easy for that person or hard. So if they're difficult, then there is no reason why we should cooperate. So out of 100 emails asking for the form, we receive probably around 5 to 10 forms and then we choose 3 or 4 people to talk to. So this is the way we do it. It works really well. Tell me what you think. But uh, you may be surprised there is more. One question is very specific in that form. The question asks the person to fill in a personality test. And... I haven't met a lot of people who do personality tests in their businesses for their employees as a standard operations, let's say. Maybe big companies do that. Probably, I haven't worked for a big company, so I don't know, but I would assume that HR team would run this type of tests at least annually. But we do that before we hire that person. So not only the person will know themselves a bit better okay so there are many tests out there available for free we use a very specific one I can list it obviously in the blog post but because we've been doing this for some time we know exactly what type of personality we need for a specific role okay so this is very very helpful it helps not only us but also the future employee and it's really another that we would highly recommend doing because it really helps in the whole process. I would like to come back to the job offer for a moment because I forgot to say something. I think it's really important to put the job offer in a marketplace, okay, so on a web app or uh, locally somewhere, I don't know, but in a marketplace, in a place where it will be seen by the candidates we're after. So let's just narrow this down to specific websites. You have multiple types of websites, but some of them may be visited more by your candidates. Okay, So you need to find out maybe similar job adverts on a specific website like indeed.com. We actually use Indeed, but there are others like Monster, for example, and then choose your medium accordingly. Okay, let's move on. Another thing I would strongly recommend doing is literally to put a big red button on your front website. Okay, So someone visits your website and there is a big red button that you are hiring. I've seen this multiple times and I've heard this Even now, I know a handful of companies that are hiring, and when I go to their websites, I cannot see that they're hiring. There is a button somewhere saying careers when you click on the menu and then something pops up, but that's not the way to do it, okay? Without measuring anything, I really think that you can double the number of candidates just by doing this. It's so simple, but yet people forget about it. Last but not least, Don't forget about onboarding. For the majority of our roles that we hire for, we have a package which contains documents, videos, and it is to help understand not only the facts about the job, not only learn about our products and services, but also to taste how it is to work with us. Okay, so to taste the culture, to start to blend in, the culture of the company. I will probably record another episode in some time about how we build culture in our business but I think it is very important to make sure that the person will really identify himself with what you do with the business immediately after the onboarding process. Okay, time to talk about team management So we've been working on hiring a person for our remote team. We will most likely never see that person. So what do we do to make sure that everything goes well? Okay, half of the work is actually done because we have prepared the role, we have prepared the processes. The hiring process gave us a candidate that will most likely succeed in the role. And then we need to have some kind of routine checks. I've seen companies, I've seen teams that even in bigger companies, they don't have routine checks, okay? And this is a part of the business organization as well as the culture, but I think simple things like a weekly email, okay, with a summary or a weekly meeting or a catch-up, half an hour discussion, what's going on, how are you doing, is everything okay, and then how can I help you? okay, so from the manager or from the owner perspective. Another thing I would highly recommend is to over communicate. Okay, some may say that they don't have time to write emails with action lists and statements after meetings. But I really think that if you work online, if you work remotely, you have to have a proof that something has happened. And you really need to focus on limiting the possibilities of miscommunication even if something goes wrong and if you really think about it it is actually better than working with people face to face because what happens is that you have this link of communication method of communication and if something goes wrong as a business owner or as a manager you would like to measure why it has happened Because normally it's your fault, but you would like to check why it has happened to make sure that it will never happen again. So in that respect, I think on-paper communication has a lot of benefits over standard face-to-face communication. Providing that you have done your homework and the role framework is well prepared, the KPIs are there, and you know what you're measuring against. Okay, so then there is no room to escape. Okay, so you've prepared something, it doesn't work, you have to optimize, you have to manage it. But what happens when things really go wrong? You have problems with the customers, the person is not delivering, the action list takes more time than you anticipated. Well, the answer is very easy. You have to fire. Because if you have prepared the process in a way that I outlined it today you will have multiple occasions that will flag an issue. Typically, it all comes down to the work ethic because quite a lot of things have been checked before you sign the contract. There's nothing wrong with firing people. It has to happen fast. And remember, it is actually your responsibility to make sure that that person will find another job, another role, where he or she will flourish better, okay? So as soon as you terminate the contract, that person will have another opportunity to find a better place to work. Last thing I would like to touch on when it comes to team management, especially when it comes to remote teams and working online, what we like to do is to send some gifts every now and then to our team and they're not related to any specific occasion sometimes it's just birthday cards but we try to build a very strong bond between us and uh, this is part of uh, creating the culture obviously we also try to respond to every single email as soon as possible we try to be very friendly we take the pressure off every single person person in our team we always say that if something goes wrong it's not their fault it's our common problem that we need to face so I think that everyone who worked with us so far really liked it and the whole process the whole idea of frameworking every single role in the organization really really helps creating good culture well at least it works for us I'm not entirely sure whether you believe it or not But I think you should try in your team, in your business as well. Okay, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. I really tried to cover the whole process from the very beginning. If you have some questions, please do ask in comments. I would be really happy to go through some of the aspects of what we do in more details. I really think that this can be applied to pretty much any company So next time when you create a job offer, maybe try to apply one or two things that you heard today from me. I would be really happy to hear from you that I helped you. Thank you very much and see you next time.